Hello, and welcome to the Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith, and um, once again, we are lucky enough to be here. How are you doing there, uh, Kosh listeners? I am super excited to be here with you for another week. Um, once again, at this one, we're not doing early, early in the morning. Ended up having a meeting, and so I couldn't uh, couldn't fit in the nice early morning energy uh, to do the podcast, um, and have the guest here. So, um, and let me tell you, my mind is swimming a little bit because I just got off. Is anyone else out there sick of virtual meetings? Like I have had it with virtual meetings. Um, I, okay, let me, let me reframe that. I love virtual meetings for the convenience factor that I can do it from my dining room. Um, but that's also the problem is like you can have them at any time. Like, so people are just like, Oh, let's just virtually meet at any given time. And it's like, Oh, let's, let's put 10 back to back virtual meetings because we know people don't have to travel. So I don't know. It's, it's the gift and the curse in a way, um, more gift than curse, but I don't know. I, th- I think we need to come up with some, um, some etiquette, like, virtual meeting etiquettes for the future. Like I am sure that's how meetings started. Like um, somebody had to come up with a set of rules to properly do meetings. Right. And so we need a set of etiquettes for virtual meetings. That's where, that's my, my thing this morning that I'm going to share with the Kosh listeners. Um, but more importantly, you know I have another amazing guest, and I am super excited about this week's guest um, for a lot, a lot of different reasons. I think this conversation is going to be hot, um, and I think it's going to go hard just because I know this guest, and um, they don't hold back. They say what they got to say. So without further ado, this week's guest is Colleen Buys. How are you doing, Colleen? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm I'm glad you could find the time to make this work. Um, and yes, uh, I kind of snagged her up within a last couple of days. I We ended up having a lunch and I was like, hey, Colleen, how would you feel about being a guest? And she was like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the best time because sometimes the, sometimes having that last minute thing works with me because especially on weekends, I'm so booked up, usually for a year in advance, right. that I don't always have that time. So the best time to get me is when you're like on the spot. Colleen, how are you doing? Like, do you have time? This date? Whatever. Okay, cool. Let's put it in. Um, kind of the best way to get me. And then you just make it work. Correct. All right. No, that's that's awesome. Okay. So, Colleen, um, can you please share a little something about yourself and uh, what is your connection to the Kosh? Yeah, I am, so born in Appleton, but I think that's just my birthplace, so it doesn't really count, but grew up in Oshkosh my whole life, went to school here, elementary school, went to Washington, um, loved that school, loved my teachers there, and Oshkosh. You went to Washington Elementary? Yeah, I did, like right down the street here. Yeah, my daughter went to Washington. I know, does Mr. Byerski still teach fifth grade there? Wait a minute, now my daughter had Mr. Byerski. Oh my God, he's the best. But I don't think he... I don't think he teaches. I'm almost positive he doesn't teach there anymore. Hey, shout out to Mr. Byerski. You are the man. I know. Still a Kansas Chiefs fan, too, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, when, when I had him, he had just had his daughter, Paige, and I'm pretty sure she's like a full-grown adult, like out of college and all that good stuff now, which is so crazy to think about. Right. But it's been a long time. I'm aging myself. <laughs> what? No, you're good. but yeah so um went to webster then went to actually went to both high schools which is kind of interesting so went to both north and west Uh, but and then i still couldn't get away i mean i left for the military i left for college in whitewater but then i still came back to do my mba at uw oshkosh so i guess you just can't get oshkosh out of me but this is home for me um Oshkosh, everything about Oshkosh is a home. So it's very nostalgic because this is my hometown. That's where my family still lives. Um, so much of it, I have so much history here that it's it's just my my place. Yeah, it is home. I, I couldn't argue that at all. It It's my home too. Okay. 
Well, we're going to jump into the first segment. First segment is what in the world is going on with. This is your opportunity to start with the phrase what in the world is going on with and tell us what's on your mind. So what in the world is going on with all of these shortages on everything? Shortages on cars, shortages on materials, shortages on labor, shortages on anything that you could think of. It's everything. I try to go buy a a recliner. It's going to be like a year long wait. I want to get in to (laughs) see a a specific doctor. Like, go ahead. You know, it's March. And they're like, all right, we might get you in in October. It's like, ah, so many things are on shortage. Everything, people, services, products, everything. It's insane. And it's very irritating for someone that's incredibly impatient like me. You just admit that, huh? Oh, so impatient. I am so impatient. You know, uh, the cash listeners, uh, the ones who have followed me all along, they went through my trials and tribulations when we remodeled. So we remodeled during COVID and uh, that that whole thing, I furniture took, I think it was 10 months. Yeah, it's not. Fun. I'm still waiting on a piece of furniture that we ordered last year. Yeah. So I don't know. I was happy when it came. So it was felt like Christmas because it was almost like it had been so long that it felt like a blessing when it finally got here. You know, and not to go off topic, but funny story. So when the pandemic first hit, I had ordered some Legos. So, you know, you can like do build a brick so you can order like specific bricks. And so I put together a package of different Legos that I needed um, to just little miscellaneous pieces. And I've never canceled that order. I placed that order in March of 2020. I've what? never canceled that order. And it still hasn't arrived. And they've not canceled it on their end either. Bruh. Seriously, Legos? It takes that Seriously. long to get? <laughs> but I, I think maybe they just like forgot about my order because it happened like right at the height of everything being shut down. And then they kind of just shut down everything. So I'm pretty sure my order just got lost in the grand scheme of things, which is hilarious because I'm just now thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, like it's a game. I don't need these pieces, but when are they going to come? Are they ever going to come? Are they really lost in space somewhere? Did they charge you for them? No, they didn't charge me for them. But, you know, but if you spend so much, they send you like a free gift. I got the free gift. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I got the free gift, but I never got my pieces. And I haven't been charged yet. I think you got to call Lego (laughs) and be like, hey, y'all, what's going on with my Legos? (laughs) It's. Right. It's just, it's very funny at this time. Like I said, comical because it's just figuring out everything else that we've ordered since then has arrived, but not that particular order. Not that Mm. one. Okay. Okay. My what in the world is going on with is what in the world is going on with this Supreme Court process. All right. Um, And my problem with it is this, the stuff that they are asking this judge is ridiculous and disrespectful. Um, It's stupid. I'm just going to call it stupid. And I don't call a lot of things stupid. But when you're bringing up children's books and saying, are children born racist? What's that got to do with becoming a Supreme Court judge? That's stupid. And, And the degrading way that this is going down. And look, I respect the fact like, It's got to be tough questions. You want to make sure you're showing credentials. You may want to try to understand and see, make sure that these judges are um, as impartial or nonpartisan as possible, right? Even though that may not be the case. Uh, We know that it's not for others who have made it to the Supreme Court. But I I get the process. I respect the process. But this one here, um, or if you're going the route of questioning character about past transgressions, whatever that looks like, right? I can even understand some of that. But this here is none of that. This is, to me, just, it's a little racist. That's why, and I don't, I don't pull the race card often or lightly. But this process, with, and I've been watching the stuff that's being asked, it's, it's over the line. And and we know that if this judge was not a black woman, this wouldn't be the line of questioning. Well, that's exactly right. Is if you think of any of those situations and you say, if this person didn't look this way, 
would they be facing the same predicament? Would they? And if the answer is no, then yeah, hell yes, it's racist. Like yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. nothing else about it. If you put someone else in that position that's a white person, would they get the same line of questioning? And if the answer is no, then that's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's the, that's the litmus test. And it's like, you know, let's focus on, you know, the things that should be focused on. Some of this stuff has just been ridiculous. Ridiculous, and it's just like, and and it just to me, it just makes our senators look poorly when they don't have to look poorly, or maybe it makes them look good to whoever they're trying to look good towards. But to me, your professional senator asks quality questions that show um, one's legal prowess and ability to be a great judge um, for a lifetime. And let's get on with the vote. But this, some of this other stuff that's being asked, you got to be kidding me. So. That's my what in the world is going on. With. That, that's okay. I'm, I'm yeah. there with you. You're there with me. All right. Um, so next next segment is word associations. Uh, this is your opportunity. I'm going to say a word, and you tell me what comes to mind, and we'll, let's talk about it a little bit. So okay. first word is food. Life. Food is life. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> food is life. Oh, my goodness. I I feel like sometimes I live for food. I know very recently Oshkosh just had that restaurant week, and I was here, like, every single day. It was oh, insane. I missed restaurant week. Oh, I didn't get to go anywhere. Every day. Every day. Because it's just... I love all the different restaurants that we have here. And one of the best things about restaurant week is because it, it focuses so hard on the little guys, right? It yes. focuses on not the big box corporations, but those small business owners, the the people that really make Oshkosh unique. That's what they focus on. And that's wonderful because it gives so much attention to that industry. And so not only is it just wonderful in general, but then you get really amazing food for even better prices um, so it, that, that's it. So food is life. Basically food is life for me. Food Everything revolves around food. So if you're going to meet with me, we better be meeting over a meal. We better be meeting <laughs> over some kind of food Bruh. somewhere. <laughs> well, I, I'm with you. I think, well, I think the best meetings, uh, require a breaking of bread. If there's going to be true rapport built between individuals. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Do we got a favorite spot here in the cash? So many favorite spots, so many. And I know, I don't know if this is, is I know this is one of the questions too that you'll, you'll ask about, but so I know Gardenia's is one of my favorites to go to because I think they have one of the best cheese boards in the area. Um, and this has been talked about too with Ruby Owl. I go there a lot as well. Really good. Oh, yeah. An unexpected place. I don't think I've necessarily heard about a lot is Varsity Club. Oh. It's a pool hall, yeah. but... They have this Philly cheesesteak sandwich that is like to die for. And it's not, I don't even know what a real Philly cheesesteak sandwich is supposed to taste like, but all I know is that I love this one (laughs) and I will eat the crap out of it. Yes, no. (laughs) Varsity's Philly cheesesteak is amazing um and you it's know like what a little secret like nobody really knows and you got to catch it on the night when it's on sale thursdays yeah. thursday nights thursday that's night the day. that's the day you know my thing with varsity is varsity follows to me it's in that realm of pete's garage their bar food is top notch yes what you get and the cost of it if you haven't gone to varsity you need to treat yourself and one of my favorites is their friday night fish it's like a $6 fish meal and you know, they give you fish fries and, and um, well, I, and I shouldn't say it's $6 cause maybe after COVID it, but before COVID um, fish fries and a cookie and that for that $6, that was a fantastic meal. Yeah. So I haven't truthfully, I haven't had the fish fry, but everything else I've had. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, all right, big fat shout out to Varsity. Love that. All right, cocktail or beer? Cocktails, for sure. I don't know why. And I think it's because my background is in, um, so I have like the the background that's in like more like the finance and accounting realm, but I also have a background in photography, right, in that creative realm. And so for me, cocktails are all about 
one, calculating what goes in what. It's almost like a science experiment, but then it's also artistically and visually appealing as well, which is also why I'm so drawn to craft cocktails. Oh, yes. What's our favorite? Like the best of Well, so my favorite, my go-to is a French 75, which is super easy. All it is is some Prosecco and gin. Prosecco and gin. Yep. French 75. Yep. And a little lime wedge thing spiraled on there. But yep, that's about it. I have never heard of a French 75. And I feel like I'm kind of clutching my pearls saying, wow, that sounded bougie. Colleen, I'm not gonna lie, and uh, yeah, I feel a little ignorant in in your space. No. <laughs> well, give it a try. Give it, it a try. It's, it's a it's a very good one. Not difficult to make. Doesn't take a lot of genius, but it's wonderful. Okay, okay. I'm I'm gonna have to find the place here in the cash that I can say French seventy. Can I have a French seventy five? And they'll know what I'm talking about because I know some spaces I would go to, and they I say, "Can I have a French 75? And Be like, uh, "Is that a Budweiser?" <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. All right, streaming. Oh gosh, so Disney Plus, and I say this. I, I laugh a little bit because my son, who is in, in first grade, who also kind of, he hates people, by the way. <laughs> I know. I know. He's like, <laughs> he's not a people person at all. So it's funny because his choice of movies that he likes to stream that we're constantly, the only time we really watch anything is when we're watching with him. And he watches these, like the most disparaging movies. Like his favorite movies are Wally. I don't, I've never seen Wally. It's so sad. Like, it is so sad. It's such a sad movie. And and Onward. Have you seen Onward? Also, basically two brothers that are trying to bring their dead dad li- back to life. Like, come on. Like, it's so, like, everything is so sad. All the movies that he loves are, like, the most depressing. Like, he doesn't watch the princess ones. He doesn't watch Moana. Like, none of that. Doesn't watch Frozen. Nope. He wants to watch the saddest Disney movies that are available. I'm sure if I played up for him, he would adore that movie too. I I don't know. It's just, so anytime we're streaming anything, we're always streaming the saddest Disney movies. That's sad. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, I haven't seen any of those and I'll tell you why. My daughter is anti sad. So like probably good choice then. Yeah. Like, so growing up, like she couldn't watch finding Nemo because she would get way too sad about Nemo getting lost and not finding his way home. I hope I'm not just putting spoilers out there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. And so, like, we couldn't watch that. Um, Lion King, you know, Mustafa. Da- I mean, you know, there's <laughs> things. And so she is not that person. So I, I feel like there's a whole section of Disney that I've probably never have gotten to touch because she – She's not doing that sad stuff. That's probably the whole entire section that I've ever been exposed to. <laughs> Ooh. But you like Disney? I do. I do. Right. I do. I like a lot of Disney movies. Because um, I'm thinking about, I'm, see, I'm, I'm teetering on that whole deal. I'm thinking about uh, adding that to our streaming world uh doing Disney. I'm, I'm thinking about it. And I keep hearing good things about it. And I'm like, yeah, do I really need another streaming service? But that, I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's probably worth it. So we canceled our other streaming services. So we don't have Hulu anymore. We don't have Netflix anymore. But I, uh, it's also because I'm a big Marvel fan. And oh. all the Marvel things are also on Disney+. Plus. So oh, it just Marvel. makes sense. Because if I'm rewatching something, I watch it on there. And then I used to binge watch The Office over and over and over again. But since they took that off of Netflix, I was like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm 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 out. <laughs> that's funny. You know, that's my daughter does that. She she will pay for a streaming service because of one show. But if they pull that show, then she's pulling the plug on that streaming service. Totally what happened. <laughs> totally what happened. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> Bruh. All right. Uh, shop local. I think 100%. There are so, there's always this misconception that, 
oh, you know, if I shop local, it's too expensive, you know, or I could just go get something somewhere else. And it's really not a big deal. And the, the thing is, if you really look at the statistics and everything, 50% of, of our country's employment, like people who are employed in this country, one out of two people are employed by our small business. So when someone says it's not a big deal to not support these local businesses or small businesses or whatnot, it's like you're not supporting half of the economy, like 50%. That's, that's not a small number. It's not like, oh, you know, if I don't support them one time, you know, whatever. No, that's half of our entire economy, our trades, everything, all our products and services within the entire United States. It's huge. And I don't think people really grasp that. I don't know if they ever frame it like that. Well, right? they, they should. They kind of, <laughs> I think you kind of just blew that out the park. Like, uh, I don't think it's ever framed like that. And, you know, I feel like when people talk about shop local, they just say shop local. And at best, they might talk about the local economy. But, I mean, it usually, at best, they describe it at a surface level. They don't dig into it deep. Now, what you just said is super powerful, though. And yeah. that's that's a whole nother look. And to pay that extra couple of dollars or a dollar or pennies, whatever the situation is, that's a good investment. Because those are the kinds of people that are employing your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your parents, your grandparents. Half of those people are are organizations, maybe not that one organization, but half of the reason why all those exist is to provide employment and jobs to 50 percent of our country's population. So it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Okay. That's deep. Clearly, I get very passionate about these things. <laughs> I could tell I could tell you felt some kind of way about it. And you you know what? And you should. We all should. Veterans. Being a veteran myself, so I spent 12 years in the military. I was in the Army National Guard. Funny because I, I spent six of my 12 years at the unit here in Oshkosh. So I was like I said, Oshkosh is just deeply rooted in me. I can't get Oshkosh out of me. But um, I think one of the things is whenever people say, and I got this, so I, I stole this from my friend, Dan, because um, I said to him, I said, I don't know what to say to people when they say thank you for your service. And he said, you know, for him, he goes, I don't want your thanks. I want your understanding. I want you to understand our service, not thank us for our service. And that was the biggest thank you that you can give. And so since then, that's how I've always seen it. But then on the flip side, totally opposite of that part is the being a female and being a veteran is that as a female veteran, you walk around, you don't look like the typical vet, right? So no one knows that you're a veteran unless you blatantly outright raise your hand and say hello hi wear a sign that says I'm a veteran and so it's really difficult because I feel like I constantly get judged on certain things because people don't have that they don't have the immediate reaction of oh you must be a veteran like it doesn't even cross their mind that a minority female could be a veteran and so that's irritating and and I wish there was more support in some way because being a female vet is very different than being a male vet. And even though all vets, we, we talk to each other, we, we connect more easily than any other people, really. I feel like you meet another vet on the street and immediately you're just best friends. Like you just know and you understand each other and you can talk and communicate. It doesn't matter what demographic you're from, you're all the same because you're all vets. But yet there is a little bit of a difference when it comes to female vets because nobody sees us as a true vet. Um, I, I just don't think they even, you know, I, it's like, we know they exist. And, and I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough and I worked with my fair share of, uh, female veterans and, you know, whether they were students or people that were wanted to work with me while we were serving our student veterans, I mean, in all sorts of other capacities, I hear it all the time from them too, how, you know, um, Maybe they're the vet and their husband isn't, but everybody always assumes right away that it's the husband or, or the male in the relationship who is the veteran. Um, or 
if they're both veterans, which let me tell you, vets marry vets. It happens all the time. Happens to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happens all the time, particularly in basic training. Y'all know what I'm talking about. People want their BAQ <laughs> and want to move off base. True. <laughs> uh, that yeah, the other vets will get that. Um, so and then somehow no one ever thinks like maybe the veteran is both. Right. And that that kind of is the thing. I don't know. Um, how do you think we improve that, though? I mean, and, and I'm not asking you to solve the world's problem, but it is it's like something. I don't know. I don't know what the great answer is because it, you know, trying to over overcome cultural stereotypes is hard. It's extremely hard. And that's where it's like, I don't even know where we would begin with that because it's it's such a big thing like and but it's so broad at the same time it's like how do you even attack that i my theory is okay there's tons of veteran programming and there's often they have speakers and people that come and i would like to encourage those um because i do have a veteran audience out there um and i appreciate y'all you know um that when the opportunity to have speakers or have a face for your program bring in a female vet and bring them in and let them tell their story or let them be the face. So we can start reminding the rest of us um, often that we have a lot of really amazing ladies um, who serve in our, in, in our military. And I think that's a great starting point is inviting them to the conversation when there are speaking events and whatnot, because too often I see that when it's military or veterans speaking on something, almost always I find it's a male veteran and not, not, not nothing against our male veterans. Cause right. like I said, we're all vets and I love every single vet that's out there. Like yeah. we all served a purpose, served our country and sacrificed a lot. So, and I appreciate that, but I I do wish that we would see more of that female voice. Yes. Um, And do some, and sometimes when you, if you do things where you recognize veterans, this was something we did. Like um, UW Oshkosh has a, uh, does a veterans game where we, we celebrate and recognize uh, a veteran. But luckily um, when, when I was, in the position of um, coordinating uh, the veteran services, um, they decided we're not going to just recognize one. We're going to make sure we intentionally recognize a male and a female veteran. And that makes a difference because then I, and I would encourage others who put together this type of programming to think about doing something like that um, to intentionally include either expanding the recognition so you can do a male and a female or just make sure that you're including females in your process. But I like the idea of expanding first. So every time there is recognition, there is a female vet getting recognized also. Right. All right. That was good. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Community. Small. Small. We Mm. always think community is like so big, but community is really small when you think about it. If you have a large community of people that really want to be there and support each other, your community is small because you are able to really reach everyone. And not small as in quantity, but it feels like a small community, even though you have a big community, if that makes sense. It's you have so much more reach once you once you have everyone in your community where you're on the same page, you're in sync with everyone else. Everyone is trying to have one big goal, one major thing. It doesn't feel so big. It's true. So small, small. Okay. But in the best way, but in the best way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I, I think if you think about it, um, that, to me, when people think of things and if it feels small, it feels doable. It feels like something that can be, that movement can happen. Um, and framing it like that, it, you know, yes, absolutely. Um, it seems like there's opportunity for community to be community. 
Exactly. So that's that's awesome. Okay. Um, we're on to the next segment. Uh, next segment is the Kasha's Hidden Gems. So this is your opportunity to tell us about something here that maybe maybe you just think is amazing. Others may not know about. Maybe they do know about it, but they don't know the details of it. What's your hidden gem in the Kash? Well, we already talked about varsity, which, you know, <laughs> Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Definitely. Bruh. Facts. Um, so Ocean Foods off of Ohio, it's an oriental store, but in the back of it, they also serve hot food, like during the lunch hour, and amazing because you can get the best pork belly. I don't know if you like pork belly. It's delicious. I love it. It's so good. And the only time I can get pork belly like that is when we have a lot of like our Hmong festivals that happen, but those only happen like once or twice a year. Right. So that's the only time I really get that food. And here I can stop by ocean foods and really just get it anytime that I want to, but they do run out quick because they don't exactly serve a huge population. Um, And there's not a lot of people that go in there, but if you can get in there and get it, it's so good and so worth it. And they have the best peppers. If you like spicy stuff, you just dip it in the peppers. It's so good. So, so good. Well, I'm going to say I did not know that they serve food. Exactly. And I think that's the thing is like, it's, it's not, not super well known for that. It's just more well known as being like an oriental store where you can go get groceries or whatnot. Hmm. What are the, do you know when they're open? Because I might want to, Try to roll up in there. I, you know, I think they have been flexing their hours a lot because of the pandemic and everything. Yes, absolutely. Like everyone. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. That is a jewel. That's, that's a new one. No one, no one has brought that up. Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Breaking new ground. (laughs) All right. Now, and I'm also going to just put you on the spot and say, so Colleen, are you going to formally take me there? Cause I kind of want to go. Yeah. (laughs) A hundred percent. All right. I'll take you at all the different spots. It's totally cool. All right, Kosh listeners, you heard that. I will report back on that because I know it's going to be amazing. All right. Fabulous. Um, what's the Kosh need? Ways to enjoy the waterfront publicly. Ooh, expand. We have, we are in, Oshkosh is in the best location Like we have a huge waterfront. We're in a wonderful location. We can have so many great things, but our waterfront is so limited to the public, right? So, so really we have a lot of private waterfronts and the only real waterfront I feel that we have to Lake Winnebago is at Menominee Park right? or at one of those walking trails, but there's really not a good way to really enjoy it. There's not a way to, to go and sit down and have a meal and overlook the lake and really enjoy it. Like we really don't have anything like that. And so we have this wonderful, beautiful, natural resource and we really don't do anything with it. Hmm. Okay. You got a suggestion? Is there a plan in mind? We just need to build something. <laughs> That's what we need. We need to build something. And we need to make it more inviting to just the general public. Do you think they did a good... I feel like they've been... I think it's in the conversation, right? Like, they know. Um, I think we've got the right minds uh, planning things now. Um, and they're well... You know, they they, they get it. Um, and I'd like... I like some of the walks that they've created along the river because that's another one. Mm-hmm. I think the river is amazing to be able to, you know, trail up and down the river. And it's another beautiful natural resource um, that we should be utilizing. And having some of the restaurants without, you know, with outside access, looking over the river and stuff like that's pretty sweet. It would be cool if we had some restaurants that overlooked the lake, though. Right. Because you know. the river is cool, but the lake is cool. <laughs> uh, wait you know one my is, choice of words are clearly very limited like one was cool but maybe the other one is like cuckoo <laughs> exactly <laughs> fair enough oh all right i like that all right the next segment is 
the Naughty Slash Heroes Corner. This is your opportunity to nominate something, someone, an organization, or a thing, a person to the Naughty or Heroes Corner. So what's on your mind, Colleen? So I'm definitely going to go with the Heroes Corner here. And and selfishly, it's also for something that I'm passionate about. Um, Mushe Subwala, he is the founder of a nonprofit called CIFO Zambia, which stands for Sustainability Education Progress as One. And it is for his home village, really, in Zambia, and supporting them as far as everything. There's a lot of educational pieces in it. Um, A number of years ago, he helped build a school for that area. And right now, I am working with him on a new project. And the project is to build a skill center for all those young women that really get casted out. Maybe they are um, not married at a at, at the right age, so then they get thrown off to the side of the street, or they get um, tossed into a sex trade, or things like that. So just really awful things that happen to young women if they don't have a good path or a good way to make a future. And so part of this project is to raise enough money to build a skills lab to teach trade skills to these young women. So whether it's sewing skills or auto mechanics or um, solar energy, different skill sets that can be taught to these young women so that they have a path and they have a future instead of a future that's made up of being homeless or being caught into sex trafficking or whatnot. So that I'm super passionate about is just helping young women because, you know, I used to, I could have been one of those. My parents being from Laos, I am like a snap of my fingers away from having been one of those young women that got caught up in all of that. And it's so close because it hits so close to home. It's not like it's been generations and generations. And like, I, I would never have had that opportunity or not opportunity, but you know, I would have never been in that situation. I was so close to that situation that some of these young women are and being able to kind of help give them and provide them some kind of opportunity and not just give them things, but give them education and learning a skill set that they can then use to better themselves have a career, make a living. Huge. That is huge. All right. So since we brought this up, and this sounds like something, is this something that people can get involved with? Can they donate? How do people help? And and what I will make sure we also do is um, we will put information in the podcast notes about this organization. And um, shout out to Mushe. All right. Yeah. So. Hundred percent. Um. So on their on their website, it's uh, cfozombia.org. Um. S e p o. Uh. And um. You can donate there. You can donate writing them a check. You can send them money through Vemno. Um. There is PayPal option too, but PayPal does take a certain percentage. So we don't always recommend that, just because we lose some of that donation to PayPal. Right. But. Definitely something that we are working hard on this 2022 year and hopes that we can have this completed in 2023. So that's going to be amazing. Goals. 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 Okay. That's hard. It's always been a goal of mine to build a school. Always. Always. It's like right in line with what I want to do in life. (laughs) Okay. That's deep. Uh, You know, you know what? Apparently I've not dreamed big enough. (laughs) (laughs) I've or not, you're just not crazy like me. No, no, there's <laughs> nothing crazy about the idea of building a school. I just have not dreamed big enough. And so maybe I need to dream bigger. And also, I'd like to put a, a shout out there to uh, Mouché. Mouché, I think you might need to come on to the cash here. He does. Need, <laughs> he does. We need to have you as a, as a guest here. And uh, let's let's dig in a little bit more. Okay. Now, well, you know what time of the show it is? I'll tell you what time of the show it is. Is it is yes? So it makes cool. it makes me happy. Uh, it is time for the topic of the week, and this week's to- and the topic of the week is always chosen by our guest. And this week's topic of the week is Colleen is the popularity of entrepreneurship. Uh, you know what? I 
and and I've kind of had a preview to this conversation. And let me just say this: um, hold on to your your bootstraps because this is. I think this is going to go. It's honest and it goes hard. So, all right, let's jump in. I feel like I'm definitely going to sound very preachy and on a soapbox here, but. I'm so passionate. I think having been an entrepreneur for the last 12 years of my life, having run two different businesses, one being a brick and mortar, one being a service industry based business in the last five or so years, maybe I've seen this big wave of people wanting to start their own business of entrepreneurship being out there and really being thrown out as a buzzword and being the thing to do and being popular And the narrative that comes along with it, there's a narrative that anyone can start their own business and everyone will succeed and that it's easy to do. And and then I see people that are that try it that really shouldn't be in those positions because it's entrepreneurship really isn't for everyone. And and then sometimes I, you know, I see someone like really wasting their life or throwing money down the drain or they, they spend thousands of their life savings or they cash out their 401k like to put into a business that is just not viable. And, and it's frustrating because there's no good narrative out there that says, hey, if you're about to start a business, these are the pros and cons. And there's a lot, the pros are phenomenal, yes. But the cons far outweigh the pros. So you really have to be dedicated. You really have to have that discipline and motivation to want to learn new things, to want to try new things, and to do things that you don't exactly enjoy doing. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you have to do it all. Like if you want to own a restaurant, you better get comfortable cleaning toilets and washing dishes. Don't think that you you are free, free from or good enough or too good to do the dishes in your own restaurant. No, like you got to do that. You got to put in the hard work. You got to put in that effort. And I think there's too many people that come in and they just think someone's going to give me money to do whatever I want to (laughs) do. I, yeah, yeah. I do think some people think that I I would agree with that. Um, How do you know if you do have a viable idea? Like, and I do agree with you with the concept Like, I do think some people think, okay, I'm going to start this business and the business is just going to work and I'm going to hire people and it's going to make me money. And there's so much more that has to go into that planning. Um, And also the understanding that at first, if you're really starting from the ground up, you're the workers. (laughs) You're the one putting in really long hours and having to be there and having to, you know, when people call in or the different things that can possibly happen, uh, your the buck stops with you. Exactly. You don't, you don't have the privilege that a large corporation has. You don't have attorneys that are going to go out there and make sure everything is legal for you. You don't have a team of accountants that are going to make sure that your books are clear, you know, so it's all on you. You have to create your marketing plan. You have to create your business plan. You have to create how you're going to move from step A to step B for the life of the business. You don't get to just start it and then re- and then coast. It's an ongoing process And I think that's where even some entrepreneurs will get going and they'll put in a lot of work, but then they'll assume that other people are just going to fall in line and do everything for them and they can sit back and relax. And that's when things start to go south for them too on that side. And so it's entrepreneurship is a lifestyle. Like it is your life, everything that you do, live and breathe. It's that you don't get to escape that it's there every day. And it's so often lost on people that are trying to start. And especially when there's, you know, other podcasts out there, or other materials, or other sources of people saying you can do it or like you should quit high school and go start a business. And it's, yes, there's that small percentage that do do that where they quit school and they quit college or whatever, and they go on, be successful and do amazing things. That's great. But that is not for the average person. And I think everyone forgets that that's not for the average person. Well, I don't think that's the narrative. I think the narrative is any and everybody, you know, start your small business and become a success. And, you know, there's, 
uh, there's very few, or at, at least that narrative outweighs the other narrative that this is challenging, this is hard, you must have a good plan in place. I mean, that's out there, but it doesn't overcome the other one where they sell you the really positive side of it. Right. And I just, and I don't want to say like, you can't start your own business. You absolutely can, but you have to be prepared to really put in the hard work because it's not going to be easy and it's going to be a long road and it's not going to happen quickly. You're not going to be an overnight success. Does that happen to some people? Yes. Again, it doesn't have, have you ever seen the movie? It, he's just not that into you. Uh, Actually, yes, I think I have seen that. So it's funny because in that movie, they're always saying how like in relationships, they're like, oh, well, you know, like if, if, a you know, if a man doesn't marry you and you've been together for so long, like he's never going to marry you. And they're like, well, I know of my one friend who did get married to someone who, and, and the, the way they say it in that movie is your friend is the exception, not the rule in entrepreneurship, an overnight success is an exception, not the rule. The rule is it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and a lot of time to go through there. Okay. And so uh, here's what I want to ask. How do you know, because in, in this, how do you know when you actually do have a viable, great idea, like something that could turn out to be good, right? Because I want to, I want to balance the conversation with saying, okay, um, some people may have that idea. And, and if you do have it, what do you do? So how do you know when you find it? What do you do if you do? <laughs> the best metric for me personally, because I know there's probably other metrics for other people to pay attention to. My best metric is if you put together a business plan and you think it's viable and you approach different people, not just people in your circle, but different people that are unbiased. And you say, would you give me a thousand dollars to do this? And if they say no, it is not viable. If, if every single person you ask wouldn't even give you money to loan to you, not give you, but loan you money. Like if they wouldn't loan you $50 to do your business and you've asked a hundred people, not viable, sorry, not viable. Because if 50, if 50 people won't even loan you 50 bucks for your idea, you clearly either haven't done enough research or it's just not a viable option. That, I like that. Like, that's a really good litmus test. Right. Like, if someone's willing to say, if you go up to someone and they're completely unbiased and they say, you know what, I would borrow you $5,000 to start this project. You get the rest of the money, but I will borrow you this. You still have to pay me back. And I trust that you'll pay me back because I trust that this is a good viable business. Then you found it. Correct. That's my personal opinion on how you know that this is a viable option. Okay. All right. So, and then, then steps, steps after that, then. So you've, you've got you, you've out of your 50 people that you've asked and you've got 49 who's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hundred dollars. And then what's your next steps? Next steps, you start building your business. You start building your business plan. There are a million of different resources out there, which I wish I knew about before I even started my business 12 years ago. But there are so many programs um, here in Oshkosh. There's the Small Business Development Center as a part of UW Oshkosh. You can go and get help. They have a lot of free courses, a lot of things with business planning in general to really get you started on your building blocks of how to structure your business and how to get it off the ground. Right. So there's so many different organizations. Um, I think this was talked about before um, with one of your last guests with SCORE, which is a mentorship program. It's free. SCORE Fox Cities is one of the most active chapters in the whole state of Wisconsin. We have an amazing SCORE chapter. It's all um, retired individuals that are in this business mindset that can really help you understand the stuff that maybe not everyone has, right? Because a lot of small business owners that get, get into it, you may not have had that business background. So having a score mentor or someone like that is perfect because they're going to be able to give you that business side that you may not have been thinking about. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I'm kind of speechless. Uh, well, here's what I'm doing. I'm actually secretly, I'm taking notes because I'm trying to think about, well, you know, there's, there's a, there's a place and a space. I would like to head into that at some point. So, um, 
as much as I'm I'm trying to facilitate the conversation, I'm also sitting sitting in a space of learning right now and uh, taking this in because I think this is the the truth that someone needs to say to you if you're thinking about trying to start a business. And I think it, I was. I've always been driven about this side of entrepreneurship, but I think more so in light of the pandemic, because what I noticed, because I went to, you know, I was afforded college because I joined the military and the military helped pay for my college, you know, and so I got a college education on business and finance and accounting, and that's my background. That's what I went to school for. So when I went to start my own business, I had the building blocks that I needed that other business owners didn't have. So that part came easy to me. But then what I noticed is as the pandemic happened and as people were starting to do this, there were people that really needed help and they couldn't get the help that they needed. And there were people that really did not need the help and they got all the help and more than they could have asked for or needed. Right. And so much of that was that disconnect that entrepreneurs and small business owners did not have that that ability to navigate through the business and the politics and all of that stuff because they just didn't inherently have that right and the people that are bigger that had those resources that had accountants that had lawyers that had these teams to do it for them they're able to navigate through all these government programs and easily get the help that they needed so then it, it had this huge spread of the people that really needed help it's like the programs are for them but they were so hard to access and they were so difficult to work through and there was so much red tape. And so what I wanted to do so badly was help out these people that just did not understand, who didn't know anything. And my life goal at that point was I'm going to sell one of my businesses. I'm going to take that off my plate and I'm going to go out and start making free classes to really help other people understand what they need to do. Maybe if there's a grant out there or there's a program out there or there's a lending program, I would break it down in a five minute video to say, hey, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. This is who you need to talk to. And this is when you need to do it. And just be very clear about X, Y, Z. This is what you got to do. Instead of you know reading through 40 pages of government documents, um, and that's how I ended up in my current role today, working at Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corporation um, as the Northeast Regional Director, basically doing that exact same thing, helping out entrepreneurs start, run, maintain their growing business. So I know uh, somebody somebody's going to listen to this and think, oh my God, I need to get in contact. <laughs> <laughs> I need to uh, work with Colleen to help me uh, get my business off the ground or fill in gaps or, you know, the, whatever that looks like, uh, whatever stage you might be in. Um, is there a way to reach you? Um, can, how did, yeah. how does that work? Uh, do you work, how do you, who do you work with specifically? So within, within my organization, the role that I'm in, we work specifically with, um, the underserved communities. So whether it's low wealth, low income, female minorities, veteran owned businesses. So that's really our demographic of the folks that we really want to try to help and help get them through because they're really the ones, um, you know, that are limited to some of the, the access to some of these resources. Okay. So that's, that's kind of where we, where we go. All right. We will make sure that in the podcast notes, we put some additional information in there on some of these other websites that you've mentioned and ways to um, reach out and contact. Um, yeah. We'll make sure we make that happen. Anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> no, I think that was plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That went hard. <laughs> I tend to do that. I apologize. No, don't apologize. <laughs> Bruh. Maybe. No, <laughs> not at all. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Okay. So for the Kosh listeners, you know that this means is that we are starting to wind down the show. So thank you very much for taking time to listen. We are a work in progress. You know we are a work in progress. So I always say... Please, please, please take some time. Reach out to us. Email us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. Um, I thank you for those who have been and letting us know how we are doing. And just 
the communication. The communication has been amazing over the last several weeks. Um, I'm hearing from people all across the community um, and other spaces too, people outside of the community. So it's just really, really cool. I appreciate it. Um, once again, you know, I've been trying to kick off this new segment called Ask the Cash. So once again, if you'd like to send in your question, this is where me and a, a guest get an opportunity to answer the question. I actually do have two questions from uh, that people have left. But if you'd like to leave a question, please call and leave it on our voicemail. It is at 920-385-9298. Once again, that is 920-385-9298. Um, that is our uh voice uh was it google voice numbers so you can leave us a voicemail and i will bring up what the one of the questions is towards the end of the show so it's going to be cool but you know what the sad part about it colleen you're not even going to get a chance to actually answer this one because it's so specific okay it is what it is though is how it goes down sometimes but all right but now you know what time it is let me tell you, Colleen, what time it is. It is my favorite time of the show. It is shout out time. I love shout out time. This is your time to shout out any and everybody you would like to shout out. So, Colleen, who do you want to holler at? So, uh, two people come to mind right away, all Oshkosh folks, but um, first, Congregational Church, actually. So, I am not, I, I'm not inherently a very religious person, but this particular church is the one church that supported and sponsored my family when we were here and really without their help and support, I wouldn't even be where I am today. Our family wouldn't have survived. We probably wouldn't have even stayed in Wisconsin if we didn't have that support system and not just monetary support, but like people support, right? That community feel. And the best part that I love about this particular church is that, they are so open-minded and they are so forward thinking. Like there's no weird thing. They are not going to outcast you because, you know, um, you're a woman that's dating another woman. They're not going to outcast you because you're a different color. They're not going to outcast you because you got married before you got pregnant. Like they don't care. They legitimately do not care. They want to help all people, all walks of life, very forward thinking. And they just want to make better people out there. That's why I love them. That's a big endorsement. It's so hard. Well, the thing is, like I said, I'm not very religious, and it's very hard for me to ever endorse organizations that are religious. And this is the only one that I would ever in my wildest dreams ever endorse or even want to tell people about because it doesn't even feel like a church. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those places that just doesn't even feel like you're going there to worship. You're just going there for community. It sounds like community. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Who else? Who else we got to shout out? So shout out to Nate Olson, Olson Legal Group. He is amazing. I found him a number of years ago when I was, you know, midway through my business and just a wonderful advocate for small business owner owners in general um, for the city. He does a lot of different elements of either volunteer work or I, I think I've seen him do some speaking engagements maybe, but like he's just really awesome at what he does and really supportive of people in this community. Okay. Anyone else? I have like a million other people. Oh, you can, <laughs> hey, look, you can go hard. It, look, this is shout out time. You know, the shout out time is for the shout outs. So these are all other Oshkosh people that I have been very connected with that I've loved and adored. Aaron Shear, he's the director at the pain, wonderful person. I have gotten to know him and his family very well and the organization super well. He is someone that, again, is a very big advocate for the city. Anytime the city is doing something or doing something big, he wants to be involved. He wants to know about it. He wants to see how he can help and how he can benefit, right? Or like help the city benefit from whatever this thing is that they're trying to do. So wonderful. Ashley Hesse, he is part of Indigenous Pact. They're all about health and equality for Native Americans and Alaskan Natives. So just Again, wonderful people doing great jobs, great missions. Moshe, we already talked to Moshe. He's 
phenomenal. So more shout outs to him. Um, Jennifer Bielow, she is in undergraduate programs at UW Oshkosh. Mm. Phenomenal person. She really genuinely wants to help these students and she wants to make sure that they have a future. She follows up with them. She really connects with them. Like just really wonderful. Um, Alex Hummel, he's chief of staff office of the chancellor, UW Oshkosh. Oh my goodness. Like he's in voices of men. He does so many, he literally is an advocate for everything and humans in general. Like if you're a good human, you want to be his friend. Like that's, that's facts. That's facts. Right. Like he's just the most amazing human being. Um, Alyssa Jones, Alyssa and Anna Fine Jewelry. She's got two shops one that originated here in Oshkosh, which really built her up so that she could open up a shop in Appleton. It's all handcrafted, curated, fine jewelry, amazing small business to support, just amazing family to support. Um, just amazing. Demira, who I've just recently met, she's also amazing. She's a new uh, associate vice chancellor for academic support of inclusive excellence at the university. Um, so I'm sure you probably know her too. Oh yeah, yes. I've, I've, I know. Uh, so far, I've known about maybe a, a third to a half of the people on the list. Okay, <laughs> um, I suppose my last shout out will be here for Michael Rust, and he. Um, is a part of the Conflict Resolution Center. He also is one of the, the co-directors or co-founders of TEDx Oshkosh. So he kind of puts that together. It's all volunteer work, really. And amazing speaker, amazing person. He is probably the person that I feel if I ever needed any kind of advice in an unbiased way, he's the go-to on that. Ooh, that's big. He's the go-to. Okay. Well, mediation, his thing, right? So, right. of course. Unbiased, everything, that's him. He's your answer. I don't know if I've ever had a guest that has gone so hard <laughs> for shout outs. That makes me so happy. So many of <laughs> No, they, look, there's not a limit. And I'm always trying to encourage, like, hey, it's shout out time. Get your shout outs in. Like, that's just to say thank you, y'all. You know, I appreciate y'all out there. And, you know, when else are you going to necessarily get a cool platform where you can just shout out everyone? I think that's sweet. All right. Uh, my shout outs this week is going to go uh, not necessarily anything new with this one, but a shout out to the herd. I'm sad the season's wrapping up and um, the herd and that whole team over there at the arena. You guys are just the best. Like that's. I, I walk in that place and I just feel welcome. It feels like home. And I just walk around there and like dap people up and holler at different people all, all around that arena. And it's just, it's just the best feel good. And just the vibe, all the people there just having a good time. I love seeing the kids have a great time. So just everything about the arena and the herd overall, big, big shout out. Um, Big shout out to my girl, Sandy. Thank you for sending me that book from my uh, frat brother, uh, Mr. Alonzo uh, Kelly, hooking me up. That was super nice to send that. I appreciate you on that one. And I'd like to send a really special shout out to all of my former, current and former guests on the Kosh. Um, the platform has grown. Um, and I get so much good feedback when I am interacting in the community and people are just like, oh my God, um, that the cash I've heard of the cash I've listened to this episode, I've listened to this episode. And so, you know, I thank my guests for making time on these early mornings when you come and do it, um, sharing stories, sharing your experience, um, making that time. Um, just thank you. Thank you on behalf of myself and thank you. I think I can safely say on behalf of the Kosh listeners who tune in and pay attention and, and appreciate the, the sharing that does occur in this platform. So that's big. I did forget one more. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I had two Jennifers. So I, I failed to mention the second Jennifer, Jennifer oh. Skolaski. She's again, a wonderful human, big advocate, especially for um, drug overdose and recovery process. So she's, everything about recovery in our community and helping people change their mind shift on, on what that means and who it affects and whatnot. And she owns her own nonprofit called community and it's community and nonprofit leadership consulting. Okay. Just a wonderful human. Again, good human does good things. Yes. Yes. I, I and you know, and I just want some of the, some of the people you listed on there. I want y'all to know, I, I, 
you know, you know who you are. Like Jennifer is awesome. Jennifer Bulow and Demira is totally handling things in her own right. So, I mean, there's just names. You, you went hard. I appreciate <laughs> everything about that. And that was just, that was a great shout out. Great okay. shout out segment. Okay. So I promised that I would come back to this and this isn't where I'm necessarily going to put it in the show, but because I didn't want to ignore it, I want to make sure that I fit it in. We are now going to have the segment of ask the Kosh real quick. Okay. So the question that came in and what my game plan for it, I would ask the Kosh is I was going to play the voicemail of the individual who left the message. Now, that being said, there's two messages that I've received and one of them, I couldn't get it to play this morning. Matter of fact, uh, it is somewhere in the abyss of electronic uh, filing. So I got to go back and find that one. But then someone texted in a question. And of course, they texted in the one question that like, I didn't know what to do with. And that question is, why did they call you Timber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Timber, why did they call you Timber? And so here's what I'm going to say to that. Um, I can't tell y'all. This is just that simple. There is a there is a story behind the whole deal. Uh, it is an interesting story. I was not Timber when I first came here. I became Timber while I was here. Um and that is that. And, it, it, you know, what I can say is this. That for the people out there who really know, know me, like, I kicked it. I had a good time in life here in the Kosh. And, uh, th- th- and with good times come good nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. I, and, and the rest, y'all can, y'all can make up what you want because there, it, is, it is one of those things. There's, there's reasoning out there and so um yeah i just can for for the sake of my own um professional resilience <laughs> uh the timber story uh remains mysterious and secret it is what it is you gotta keep something secret you hey yeah it just is what it is <laughs> <laughs> all right so great question um i don't know who sent it but thank you for participating and that is the first question of the new ask the kosh segment and now for the very last segment so the last segment is and i'm going to give you a choice the choice is you can either have parting words of wisdom or what would yourself today 12 tell your 12 year old self so so hard because I would have answers for both. Um, oh, you can do both. We hey, look, do both. So okay, so the, the the first thing that I would say for parting is, and this is something that I actually just recently put on like Instagram too. It's like a TikTok thing, but I I found it super important. It's that everyone has a story, right? Everyone has been through something that has changed them. So never judge a person by the chapter you walked in. And it really ties into a lot to 12 years ago because 12 years ago, I wouldn't be the same person I am who I am today. And the chapter that in my life that I was walking in 12 years ago was very different, was very low, was in a spot where I was so unhappy with life that I needed to make a change so hard. And I would have just told myself at that time, like, trust your gut just do it, just go for it and trust that you will be where you need to be for taking this chance and taking this leap of faith because I just felt like I didn't really have anywhere to run and, you know, going into a a spot where you are just scared financially if things were going to work or whatnot, it is a scary feeling. So I would have just told myself 12 years ago, look, hey, trust your gut, trust that you have a good support system and just go for it. You're walking into a new chapter of your life. That's awesome. I hope you enjoyed this. I did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think um, when this, I think the listeners are really, there's a lot of powerful topics. I can't wait to share the Kosh. <laughs>